1: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marshione. Gonna talk
2: about sin. Yeah. Ooh, you troublemaker. That's a three letter <laughs> word. Usually we start with four letter words. Well, in traditional religion, sin is pretty big.
1: Mm, yeah, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, cross the street, to new thought. <laughs> I found a whole different idea about it, which was very nice, you know, mm-hmm. in that it's not that I'm trying to say that sin is okay, but it carries more than the idea of doing something wrong or a mistake, you know, because I believe in that mistakes and judgment, and you could be in just a whole nother place in your life and make a decision that you wouldn't make if you were in a better place. And so, but in the traditional place, it all comes under the same umbrella. And then, if that's not enough, there's a whole lot of like real serious punishment and stuff that might happen to you. And that just does not feel like grace to me. So, it was easy for me to take an alternative expression to the word sin. But what is a little bit, a little bit troubling which might be overstating it but it's a little bit troubling because it kind of what i'm feeling is that maybe it's just generational thing that there's not integrity and that thread of right and wrong now is kind of blurred and can you hear me hesitating here because then there's I can, things that because... people think are right and wrong and i don't think that But there is a fine line. There is something that separates us from ridiculous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) God, let's hope. So let's unpack this a little bit. So we'll get back or we'll start off with the original notion of sin, which always was tied together with punishment. So the reason not to sin is because if you sin, you'll be punished. And the punishments were really big and they go beyond this lifetime and it's burning in undesirable places. And so the reason not to sin is because you'll be punished forever. And so we'll start with the notion of that. And so that would require that we have sins that are categorized by a judgmental God and that we are facing punishments that are meted out by a punishing God and whether we sin or not is kind of our choice. So, I mean, that's kind of the notion. The reason that we know that it's a sin and that it's a big deal and it carries a huge punishment is so that we don't do that. We choose something different. So if we put all of that stuff together, and I'm going to make a point that I have made on more than one occasion on this podcast is if we are at choice, about doing something or not doing something, and the result of doing it is going to be that God, the punishing God, is going to become angry and punish us, then we can force God's hand. Then we have the formula for how to decide how God is going to respond to something. And the thought that we're in charge of this relationship is preposterous. I mean, we're talking about the infinite intelligence, the divine presence, the the love that shares itself as all of its creation. And then there's me. And if I can just sit in here choosing, decide, all right, I'm going to do something that's made God so angry that God is going to change what God was already doing and do something different, then I'm in charge of the relationship. And I just don't think that God works that way. So from a practical standpoint, that's where, for me, sin and punishment falls down because God is infinite and the whole idea is that God loves us regardless of what we do. And if God doesn't want us to do something, then we can't do it. It is impossible. You know, hold your breath and levitate. You can't do it right now. And it's not because God doesn't want you to, or maybe it is, but you can't do it. And if at some point we figure out how to levitate, it's because we've gotten ourselves into the alignment with that creative power. So that we now know how to levitate back around to sin and the value judgments that are in with sin. When we sin, we do something that's wrong or something that's bad or something that's incorrect. And it depends, you know, it used to just be wrong or bad. You know, when you sin, it's bad behavior. It's morally reprehensible behavior. And now it's just incorrect because we're softening it. There is something somewhere, someone deciding what's good and what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what's incorrect or correct. And who's in charge of that? You know, you can look at, there's currently a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. And is that war good or bad? Are the Ukrainians the good guys or the bad guys? Are the Russians the bad guys or the good guys? You know, who's to say? I mean, there are people who believe that their side is in the right. And other people who believe that they're in the wrong. And what it comes down to is a matter of judgment and Perhaps there will be some enthusiasm. Some <laughs> One side seems to be a little bit more frantic in fighting this war than the other side. Sitting on the west side of this war, I have my own judgments about it. But that's very clearly a judgment. And yeah, I want to live in the sort of world where big countries can't invade little countries and take their stuff. And it's worth fighting for that. But it's not God's war. That judgment is very clearly generated by and focused and doled out by human beings, making their own value judgments. So that brings us down to the question of what's right and what's wrong. And you go through the 10 commandments, I think what six or seven of which are things that you shouldn't do. Okay. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you really need the 10 commandments to tell you not to kill somebody? If you do good, have some commandments. If you need, (laughs) if you need sin to tell you that murder is bad, then by golly, don't murder somebody because it's sinful. I don't really care why somebody doesn't murder somebody else. If it's because their own moral compass says that's not who I am. That's not what I'm going to do. Or because they're afraid of being punished in the afterlife. Fine. It's about being behaving in a way that supports me being comfortable living on the same block. So Carol's now going to say, that's a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That felt like a lot to me. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's
1: a lot. Okay, you said so much. I'm trying to figure out which one. i tell you what's what it, you know, having that microphone for over 30 years, every time that sin thing came up, I early on said that I'm not going to do this. I'm just not going to do this. Because you damage people by spewing out value judgments and you don't know who's there. You know, like I might have five, 600 people in a congregation and you're just blathering out something that came through the common lectionary that you're supposed to talk about and you only have a short time to do it. I just would feel like so often you are wrecking lives in this short space of time because there's no time to explain, no time to consider. So who's defining this sin thing? You know, you made a comment, I think backstage, you said, people don't like rules. And, you know, my father used to say, you don't like rules. He said, I'll tell you what, he said, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. He said, but find out why the rules are there. If then it's not workable or it is offensive, change it. But first find out why the rule is there. And I went back even further. Let's define this. You know, what do you call sin? And you can come up with like a list of 100 things. But for me, it gets down to this. Thou shall not hurt another person. And under the hurt comes all the rest of that stuff. So if it is harmful to somebody else, you just freaking don't do it. Even if it infringes upon you in some way, you don't hurt people. You don't say things and do things that hurt people. Now, that's just me. It's real simple to live that way. I'm not saying
2: that, <laughs> that, that I. Do, <laughs> oh, it's, easy, yeah, you know, it's much easier to live that way.
1: I'm not saying that I don't ever offend people, but you know I do like a check and balance, whatever. But all this other stuff, like what's right and wrong, okay? So a person chooses to live a certain way with another person of their choice, and you got a whole host of people in a society saying they shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. and I am extremely passionate passionately opposed to that argument because people live and they mind their business and they bring do no harm to anybody else, but you want to create a movement against certain people and you want to label it a sin and then find that something, that word in the book that is supposed to be holy, no disrespect, guys, but in that book and lay your value judgments on it, your interpretations on it, and look at the lives that you have destroyed. And some people don't know how to recover. They don't have the tools of these support systems to recover. Now, having said that, because that's a whole show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole show.
2: We'll get to episode number 100 today.
1: I, you know what? Let me just. You, I feel, oh my goodness, I'm just, I'm like real bubbled with this. But I've been in conversation and discussion with James Allen for a couple of weeks now. Serious discussion with this dude. And he's a hardballer. He talks about sin and integrity and da 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 da. And it's not wrong. It's not wrong. He's just hardballs. Now, if you can stay with it long enough, he does talk about grace, and it is a wonderful thing that he does. You just got to stay with him till he gets there. <laughs> but what he is saying so absolutely true, but you can't say it that way in this generation. So what happens to me, it feels like to me the truth of what he's saying, we're scared to say it, and now things are going off the rails because certain things can't be said in a certain way and certain words can't be used am i making sense here
2: you're making you're making some sense here and i'm going to make three points and then we're going to take a break before you have a chance to say anything we're going to talk about it when we come <laughs> okay. back just i'm i'm just telling you that i'm going to do that okay. because first off don't do anything that hurts other people i on the one hand agree with that and in my younger days, I was a professional smart ass on the radio. And my job was basically saying mean things to hurt people's feelings. And there were people who loved that. And then you think, well, but that's, you know, that's an outlier. And then you have the people who are at church Sunday morning, you know, they're all about, you know, avoiding sin and penance. And where were they on Saturday night? They were at a boxing match where they were just, they were betting on somebody who was there to hurt somebody else. And if you don't like that one, then you can make it a football game where there's a certain amount of pain that's involved in those as well. So on the one hand, don't hurt other people is a great idea. On the other hand, there might be something else that's going on there. I'm not even going to get into the S&M and all the rest of those things about people who like being hurt or need to be hurt in order to learn a lesson. And if I'm going to learn forgiveness, then I'm going to have to have somebody who's going to do me wrong so that I can learn to forgive them. We're going to completely let go of that. Yeah,
1: please, because that's like agreement. You know, like you get in there and you agree that somebody's going to knock your block off. Like you got in there and you, that's the deal. You
2: know right and there are ways that we do that very subtly in life again not going to talk about that we're going to do a break and then we're going to talk about the one rule which is the golden rule is reverend bill letting you know that the practical prayer for real results class is now available on demand That's right, you can take it at your own pace, anytime you want. All the information is at bethelight.com, that's b-the-light.com, you know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works. And a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at be the light.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class.
1: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni.
2: And you said you don't like rules.
1: Well, oh, all
2: right. Okay. And then I brought Nobody up the does. golden rule right be- right before the break.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the golden rule, the golden rule is fascinating because it shows up in just about every religion one way or another, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well,
1: that's a cool rule.
2: That is a cool rule. And it takes the judgment out of it because the behavior and the judgment both go into the hands of the same person. So there's nobody outside of you, judging you. You're not even saying this is good behavior. This is bad behavior. What you're saying is this is something that I would be okay with somebody else doing to me, in which case it's okay for me to do it to them. And as long as we're being honest, and by the way, honesty is on a scale of good to bad, I would say it's good. (laughs) If we're being honest. (laughs) Depends. (laughs) It all depends. Yeah. honesty is good, especially with ourselves. If in fact, I'm being honest when I say this is something that I would be okay with somebody else doing to me, then I can, with pretty clear conscience, do that with someone else and not get myself into that, you know, sin, penance, punishment kind of thing.
1: Mm -hmm. That's an easy one though. You know, that's, I mean, I'm not...
2: Give me a commandment. Give me a commandment. We'll run it past the golden rule thou shalt not fill in the blank and don't use adultery Uh, why because that's too hard Uh... no it's because you always wonder if the infants have as much fun in infancy as adults have in adultery (laughs) because nobody nobody's an adulterer because it's you know because it's gonna be painful for them no, there's something going on, and they do that, and there's none of the circumstances going on. They're being dishonest in one relationship while being engaged in another one. That one's just complicated.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pick another
1: one. Oh, covet. Okay. Covet, and then there's some stuff under that, but how about that
2: one? Are you okay with people coveting your stuff?
1: As long as they don't touch
2: it. Okay, well, then there's a little bit of a stop there, so in the coveting, and if they're looking at you as having something that they don't have and they're judging you with that and then there's any sort of animosity that's attached to it, then you probably don't want that.
1: You don't want any of them, really. But if you're, I don't know know how to say this.
2: If you're like any kind of decent
1: human being, you don't need the commandments, right?
2: Exactly, that's why the golden rule will do it. Because in the commandments, even when you take out the ones that aren't things that you shouldn't do or actually commandments, there's only 10 of them. And there's a lot of nuance in our life here on planet earth. And you can run the golden rule past any of them and understand, you know, if there is somebody who is in a marginalized group and we're treating them badly and I can look at it like, okay, if I were in a marginalized group, would I like to be treated that way and answer honestly, then we have the opportunity for some progress. If I can say, well, I'm not in the marginalized group and there's something wrong with them and you can other the other group and you know, then go through all of that stuff, that's what opens the possibility of treating each other badly. And with the golden rule, it's walking a mile in their shoes or at least be willing to walk a mile in their shoes.
1: Yeah. Okay, so this is really so... I'm really struggling with this because... There is right and wrong. Would you agree with that? Okay. Okay, so... Uh,
2: No, there's stuff that I like and don't like. There's some stuff that I'm willing to take a stand against that I vehemently disagree with. And as far as I'm concerned, it's not correct.
1: Yeah, that's starting to get into spillover into the area of political and social and stuff like that. And I'm thinking like, if you pull it in to who we are as a person, There are things that imply that there's a questionable character and sense of morality and integrity. And that's what I'm finding not discussed or given much attention to now. So it seems to me that people can do anything to anybody else and feel okay about it because all of those little Rights and wrong things that we don't want to say, and we don't want to hold it, you know. So we take that out of the way, and now there's like it's just a freestyle beating each other up and beating ourselves up, even if you don't take it outside of the self.
2: Yeah. Well, it's possible that the opposite of the golden rule is hypocrisy. With hypocrisy, we can say one thing and do something else. And take a really strong, clear stand on this is what I'm in favor of. And then I'm doing something completely different and somebody has to call me on it. And then we get into an argument about, no, that's not hypocrisy. I wasn't doing what you say I'm doing. And it takes it into a completely different context. So on the one hand, I agree with you. We could just like point to that and say it's sin (laughs) and have people stop it. That'd be great. It hasn't worked. You were talking before about as society and religious life spiritual life has moved away from the notion of sin it's more about self direction and personal choice and what i refer to as a moral compass so we think it's i get to choose for myself i get to be you know whatever the snowflake or the unicorn or whatever that's making my own decisions about what's right and what's wrong and i'm not going to be convinced by somebody outside of me that this is wrong and therefore it's a sin and therefore my soul is doomed for you know, multiple generations or however long it's gonna be, depending on what your spiritual view is, I'm not letting somebody else decide. And somewhere in there, if we're being honest with ourselves, there's a golden rule. And if we can get down to that one and be honest about the way that we would wanna be treated and the way that we're treating other people, then we can let that one be the moral compass for everything because it's internally guided.
1: Absolutely, internally guided. And while I, you were talking, it came to me that it's about the self that I'm talking about as well, because you can do things that violate yourself, right? You,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't like rules. I appreciate them. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm backed in a corner by them. Okay, I'm handling that. You know, like I'm old enough to handle that. But you can make your own rules. That's fine. But sometimes the choices you make spill over into somebody else. You know, like we don't live in this world alone. So you make a rule and you're going to live this way and this is how I want to live. But then if that infringes upon someone else, then I think you have to pull back and say, listen, we did, We don't just do freestyling here. We have to think about the other person In our freedom, freedom to do whatever we want. That's fine. But how does that infringe upon the freedom or comfort or whatever of the other person. And it always does. I think everything we do and think, you know, affects somebody else.
2: That has to do with being in a society and being what we loosely call civilized. It's about deciding that not everybody's going to have to do the same thing with their life. they are not going to grow some food and hunt some animals and build some houses and do all the rest of that stuff. That We're going to work out a structure where we can share the load and somebody can work at the supermarket and somebody can farm the potatoes and, you know, I get to be a minister and, you know, we're going to divvy it up and we're going to support each other and share what we have and be cooperative. And it is that agreement to be cooperative that gets us into the rules. And some of the rules are laws and they're written down and some of the laws are good and some of the laws are bad. And that's exactly what you were talking about. If there's a law that's unjust, don't just break it, fight it, protest it, object to it and get a new law that more accurately and clearly reflects who we are. Don Miguel Ruiz talks about the four agreements. So we we constantly make agreements with ourselves and with other people. And then we get to live by those agreements. And some of them are agreements that we understand like big octagonal red sign means stop. Do not drive through this intersection without checking because there might be somebody coming in the other direction and it will be unhealthy, uncomfortable, or life altering to do that. So we have that agreement. And if you have one person who decides that rule doesn't apply to me, then they're not only endangering themselves, they're endangering everybody. So suddenly the right, wrong, good, bad, moral compass golden rule all ties together because we have those agreements in place for a reason. And we have either implicitly or explicitly committed to sticking by them. And when somebody doesn't, that's when the you know that's when the game gets interesting.
1: So many examples came to my mind when you said that. But you know, then you get to tell the person you violated the agreement. Sometimes I think like why do I have to tell you this? You know, <laughs> why? you know, you hear me quote my father a lot. He, he said, don't live your life in such a way that people have to say certain things to you. You know, what? what is mm-hmm. it that makes you, you're going to push the envelope this far to see how long it's going to take before somebody tells you that you should not turn left on a red light.
0: Mm hmm.
2: Yep. Some things go without saying, and if you make somebody say them, then they didn't go without saying. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. some, they need to be reprimanded. <laughs>
0: <All
1: right. laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm getting where I was trying to get to. It just feels like,
2: no, no, I, I understand. And a lot of it is the agreements that we have with each other and what we're going to do. And there's so much nuance and so much subtlety. I was having a conversation, with a prayer client a week ago, you know, The stop sign means stop and if there's no stop sign, it means that it's safe to go. But what happens if the stop sign got knocked over? So it should be a stop sign, but it's not. So the communication has been a barrier. It's still dangerous to go through that intersection. So that's where we get to use our judgment and our discernment and it goes past right or wrong, good or bad, correct or incorrect. It goes to what is gonna be life affirming and uplifting. Now, if I am driving through my neighborhood and I'm stopping where there's no stop sign just to make sure that it's safe, I might get people behind me honking, but I'm going to be much safer than if I weren't doing that. And somewhere in there is, there's a continuum that starts off as safe and practical and ends up as paranoid. And what I want to do is find myself in the right spot on that continuum where I can live comfortably. And other people can either live comfortably there with me or not, and they can sit there behind me and honk. And I get to be okay with it either way. Same thing, golden rule. If they're comfortable driving through the intersection that I'm not comfortable driving through, then maybe they should be ahead of me. Should. (laughs) They should. They even should. They'd prefer to be ahead of me. Yes. (laughs) And I'd prefer to have them ahead of me rather than behind me honking. Exactly.
1: So about this sin business,
2: yeah, I was hoping we were going to get back to that.
1: <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> I was,
2: I was, because I, I promised actually to get back to the archaic definition of sin.
1: Okay, so an example that I shared with you. Long, long, long ago, I said something to a young lady about being a lady. And mm-hmm. I said that in my generation, that was the gold standard, whatever you did in life. Whether you you know worked at a dog pound or you were a physician, you have to be a lady doing it. And she, her response to me was, I ain't no effing lady. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. didn't know what to do because the reason that I said it was to help avoid certain pitfalls that one might define as sin. And it was screwing up everybody around you. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, the word sin is harsh, but... It needs not be
2: done away with entirely. I agree. I do like changing the meaning or the connotation of sin. Because sin right now is something that you do which is, quote, bad, that God has decided is bad, and that you're going to get punished for doing. Okay, so you got to connect the, the God and the bad, though. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, with the sin, the way that traditional religion uses it is it's all tied together with, it's all sin and punishment. Mm -hmm. And God is the one who supposedly decided and then hid the meaning of what's sinful somewhere in scripture or in the sock drawer that you get to find. And it's also going to meet out the punishment. The original meaning of the word sin, it's an archery term. It means to miss the mark. So you aim for the target and you hit somewhere other than dead center in the target. So you're aiming for a bullseye and you get like two or three rings out. That's a sin. And you know, when I did archery, when I was in camp as a kid, I was so sinful. I often missed the target entirely (laughs) and was sometimes in danger of shooting the arrow over the hill behind the target. So according to the original definition, that was sinful. And when we take aim and do our best and miss the mark, the punishment, is that we have missed the mark Mm -hmm. and our penance is that we get to try again and see if we can do better and if we take all the stories of sin into that setting aside the ones of if the sin is murdering somebody then we're oh let me try again i mean (laughs) we may not get another chance (laughs) but the idea is if we're having those thoughts if we're doing things that are hurtful to other people if we are violating our own golden rule and doing things to other people that we wouldn't like having done to us. That's the sin. And we get to take the input from having done that, perhaps introspection, looking at what we've done, having a notion or a thought or a feeling about it, and then choosing something different.
1: I remember a sermon where I said, sin is its own punishment. And it didn't go over very well. (laughs) and I'll use that term so just so you know whenever I use that term that it didn't go over very well it means that it had repercussions after the benediction and (laughs) and I've been in denominations where you know it's independent and the thing stays in house and you just battle it out in house and then I've been in denominations where they have Episcopal government and you get reported and then you got to go before the whatever, and explain yourself and all that kind of business. You know, I've been through it all. So, saying things like that has put me in <laughs> odd positions. But okay. it doesn't
2: say it for me. Again. Is it sin carries its own punishment. Yes, it, it does.
1: P- it, it carries its own because when you when you violate whatever it is, it's to me it's against yourself first, and it's not to say that it's not against somebody else. I don't mean that, but it is against yourself, and. That's what you need to think about first. Like, do you really want to be this kind of jerk that does because Mm -hmm. this is really, (laughs) you know, I'm saying it nicely and, you know, because I don't want to turn anybody off. But do you really want to be this kind of jerk that does this? Do you really want to this reputation? Even if nobody knows, do you want Mm. that on your mind, your conscience? And that's enough, you know, to regulate your behavior. Sometimes there are things that I have recently you know, thought about and said, wait a minute, I got to get this corrected because I don't want this at the level of spirituality that I'm trying to get to. Either I'm not going to get there or I'm not carrying this BS with me. Mm-hmm. Fix that attitude. Now, the attitude I can tell you probably be classified as a sin, but based on what I want for myself. I, correct. That's what I mean that sin has its it carries its own punishment. It carries its own judgment, so to speak, regulation. <laughs> it has a regulatory factor in it. I believe in that yeah. I, I really believe in that. Forget hell and the place that nobody knows where it is, and nobody's been there and come back and I forget all that. I have to live with me every day of my life.
2: Mm-hmm. and that, you know, well, let's try something fun. <laughs> Okay. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will do a practical prayer on sin carrying its own repercussions and living in a world that way. And then the fun part is we can see if any of your old bosses
0: call me. <laughs> <laughs> Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now, as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun.
2: Let your light shine.
0: You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just five ninety five a month. The details are at GodCall.org. God Calls are disruptive, intentionally.
2: Whenever you write something, put on a gold star.
0: They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. <laughs> And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time.
2: Magic is loose in the world.
0: It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now.
1: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni.
2: And it was entertaining to get you to laugh going into <laughs> the break there. I <laughs> the thought of your old bosses calling me uh. on the call. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't be calling me for anything, anybody. Don't call. <laughs> Don't nope. do it.
2: Carol is only the instigator in this, and I am the one who is the uh, if I'm the troublemaker. I'm perfectly willing to be the troublemaker. <laughs> you know what? We there's some
1: that'll say, yeah, well, you know, we know her.
2: <laughs> she said uh, stuff. Now she's got somebody else yeah, saying that. Yeah, she's it.
1: been saying stuff for a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. And so, th- And that's the prayer. The prayer today is about sin and punishment and the fact that the sin carries its own repercussions. The sin itself, in the judgment of the person sinning, carries its own repercussions. And that is the golden rule. When I am doing something that I understand is not something that I would like to be done to me, the repercussion is knowing that I am out of integrity with the person who I want to be. Do I want to be that guy? Do I want to be that person who's treating other people this way, even though if the tables were turned, I would be able to very clearly say, this is not a way to treat people. So that's the prayer. The prayer is turning away from the sin and the punishment and the external force and opening ourselves to the awareness of the truth of the love that's everywhere and to be in that place of harmony and alignment where what I'm doing and what I want to be doing, where what I'm doing and what I would want to have done to me are in alignment, are in harmony and in balance. And it's when we're fighting against those and we're trying to choose, well, I want it to be this way for me, but it's okay for it to be that way for somebody else. I'm going to pay for the things that I wanna pay for, and other people are gonna pay for the stuff that I tell them to pay for, and I'm the one who gets to decide. That is where the imbalance and the discomfort comes from. The golden rule is all about being willing to be on either side of a negotiation. If we negotiate ourselves to the point of a deal and both sides feel like they're winning, that's a win. When we get ourselves to a point in negotiation or in relationship or in anything in life where there's a winner and a loser, and we don't want to have what we consider to be the losing side, then we're living in imbalance. So harmony and balance and the golden rule are the opposite of sin and punishment we turn our attention to that infinite creative power, that divine love, that one that shares itself as and for and through and in all of its creation. Everything is that divine presence expressed in its own way. Everything is that God love taking its own particular form. That includes me. It includes each one within the sound of my voice. Each one, a focal point, a completely self-contained, portable expression of God's infinite love. The mechanism is already in place for understanding that next perfect behavior what is righteous behavior what is sinful behavior we can see it easily simply by turning the tables on ourselves is this activity that i am embarked upon or considering the sort of thing that i would like to have somebody embark upon towards me is this the sort of situation that i would like to have thrust upon me am i okay being on either side of this relationship or negotiation. And because each of us is that divine presence and so is everyone we're encountering. It is all God's divine love. We can open ourselves up to that guidance, that infinite intelligence that knows everything, knows when we're in alignment, when we're in harmony, when we are speaking our truth, when we're allowing our light to shine. And it reinforces those next steps with feelings of joy, of anticipation, of excitement. We are guided to take those next perfect steps. The infinite is willing to guide us at all times, in every activity and in every moment. And we are also free to choose something else. We are free to choose that which is not our highest and best. We are free to choose that which we would not have done to us. And the idea is to have that choice, and to take the one that brings more harmony, more love, more joy, more good into our lives and into the lives of all those around us. So that's the good that I'm inviting now. That guidance, that wisdom, that harmony, that alignment, that awareness of the golden rule, of being in integrity with our word, of being in alignment with the good that we're seeking. And then to take those steps and to joyously allow the infinite to guide us and move us forward in whatever this next new experience is I'm grateful for the good that's unfolding I'm grateful for the willingness of each one here to take these next steps I'm grateful for the good that's already coming about and so with a deep feeling of thanks I speak this word and I release it into that creative law the one that creates everything that has created everything and I know without any question it is now creating this and so I let it be and so
0: it is